In the Ford universe, do you know what the official procedure is for dealership incompetence? It's in all the manuals. That's right, you just throw the customer under the bus. Fixes everything. So that's coming up. And also you'll see how something as simple as fitting a tow bar to a Ranger badly can crack the chassis. Yes. Plus, I'm gonna throw in some mad hardcore engineering bolt fastener science because we might as well all learn a little something on frigging lockdown. I'm John Cadogan from AutoExpert.com.au and I get new cars cheap for buyers here in Australia. Website for that, obviously, or you can just click the card that's up there now, dude. Imagine being in this position, okay? You're a builder and you're doing okay. Three years ago, you darkened the local Ford dealer's door and you bought two Ranger XLT dual cabs with the full ARB Dingo Piss Pimp option up suggested by the Ming Mole and fitted by the dealer's service department. And now, let us fast forward three years and 36,000 kilometres. One of those shitbox rangers, aside from its endearing habit of spitting engine codes randomly and going into limp mode, that legendary Ford quality hashtag ghost of Pinto, well, it's got a bigger problem now, hasn't it? Dude, it's actually got four of them. The boxed set. Yes! You are looking at a cracked arse end of the chassis rail, right where the ARB tow bar bolts up. This is where the ARB tow bar, recommended by the dealer and fitted by the dealer, is mounted to the chassis. And it's opening the bottom edge of the chassis rail like a can of rancid friggin' sardines, in my professional opinion. That's not the kind of crack I want to be face to face with when I get down on my knees. Not anytime soon. There are 10 bolts that hold that friggin' tow bar on. They are M12 grade 8.8 .8 high tensile bolts. Plain as day. It's stamped onto the bolt head, okay? All 10 of them are loose on this Ranger. Just wrap your brain around that because we're going to get to that. The customer here, well, he didn't want to be named and he asked me to leave the dealership out of it as well, even though I was kind of gagging to name and shame those assholes. Anywho, this going soft in my dotage, clearly. Neville, no name. He's a nice bloke. I spent about 30 minutes talking to him by telephone this morning. Everything he said to me, well, it passed the sniff test. This is his third Ranger, and also, not coincidentally, his last. Triple N, Nev No Name, like, dude, try to keep up, alleges the asshole Ford dealer, AFD, I can tell this is going to get quite confusing in just a minute, but anyway, AFD told him that sometimes bolts such as these, quote, just come loose, which speaking as an engineer, is a Himalaya of outright 
horseshit right there. Like, you have to be profoundly mechanically ignorant even to think that that might be a thing. So let me tell you what these photographs tell me, okay? Now, off the bat, clear as day, this tow bar was not installed properly. These are high tensile bolted joints, right? And this next bit is all a little bit physics lab complex sort of thing, so bear with me, okay? When you're in the backyard and you bolt together two bits of wood to build a deck on the back of the house, like a post and a bearer or something, the bolts carry the load in shear, okay? There might be a woodwork type joint involved as well, but the, bo the bolts are loaded up in shear. And literally, the two bits of wood are loaded up and they attempt to shear the bolts off in the process of carrying that load. And hopefully this attempt is friggin' unsuccessful, okay? That, that is kind of the objective when you're building anything. In a high tensile joint, however, the clamping force of the bolts presses the mating surfaces of the parts together really, really hard. And it's that bearing pressure and the surface interaction more broadly between those two parts that stops the joint from moving. In this case, the two parts are the chassis rail and the tow bar, okay? The most common kind of high tensile joint that you might come across is the one holding the wheels onto your car, right? There's five or six nuts, typically clamping down a corresponding number of grade 10.9, typically M12 studs. The wheels are actually held in place by the quote-unquote friction, which is really surface interaction, let's call it that, between the wheel and the flange that it mounts to. The studs don't actually carry the shear loading, like when you drop the clutch at 6,000 RPM off the mark. So in Triple N's case, the owner, there are 10 grade 8.8 .8 M12 bolts holding the tow bar on, okay? 10 of them. There's five on each side, and grade 8.8, .8, frankly, is the poverty high tensile bolt grade. Fasteners go up to grade 10.9 and 12.9 as well, with corresponding increases in the safe clamping force they can offer. They also get a little bit more brittle as you go up in the grades. So, for M12, it's about four tons for grade 8.8. .8. You get about six tons if you use 10.9 and about 7.5 tons for 12.9. Each chassis rail here is attached to the tow bar with five of those grade 8.8 .8 bolts. And if you do them up properly to the right torque spec, each bolt delivers about four tons of clamping force, right? Four tons each. That's like two fully pimped XLT ranges sitting on it per bolt worth of clamping force, okay? If the bolts are dry on assembly, you're probably gonna need 90 to 95 Newton meters of assembly torque, and if they're lightly lubricated, then 70 to 75 should be sufficient to deliver that four tons of clamping force. And that'll give you about 20 tons of clamping force in total per chassis rail holding the tow bar on. That's the quote-unquote weight of 20 ranges in total. Like, it's enough to hold most things on. I can agree. In fact, it's super conservative. 
This notion, right, that fasteners like these, each carrying four tonnes of tension, clamping force, whatever, might randomly, quote, just come loose, is unequivocal bullshit. It just does not happen. Unless, of course, you don't do them up properly in the first place. There's that. According to widely accepted engineering theory, there are five main reasons why a high tensile bolted joint would hypothetically just come loose. And number one, with a bullet. The usual suspect, under tightening. Or not tightening them at all, that could work. If you're in a service department, therefore, and you are not using a torque wrench to install tow bar bolts and accommodating their lubrication status into the torque setting you are applying, then you are fucking this up. I can't make it any clearer. If you are not double checking each bolt, because let's face it, it is kind of important, ditto. Vibration and shock loads are potential causes of loosening as well. Okay, ARB's design using five bolts and about 20 tonnes of clamping force per rail, well, I'd suggest that's a fairly effective countermeasure against these small micro-movements that might lead to loosening. It's like a brute force option. Massive clamping load equals the bolts being unaffected by in-service vibration and shocks and things of that nature. So that's two mechanisms off the table right there, vibration and shock loads. There's also a thing called embedding, right, which is like micro-embedding of the underside of the bolt head into surface irregularities on the parts when they clamp up, okay? And that's what those really thick washers are about, okay? to spread the pressure and sideline the embedding mechanism. The thick washers are a countermeasure. Any time you see engineered parts stuck together with thick washers like that, right, the chances are that you are looking at a high tensile joint and then just look on the head of the bolt or the screw for the number 8.8, 10.9 or 12.9 and if it's there, there's your differential diagnosis, okay? Just for completeness, there's a thing called gasket creep as well, when the gasket compresses into the joint and then it relaxes a bit. More of a problem in an oil refinery, I'd suggest, because there's no gaskets on this baby. And lastly, there's differential thermal expansion, which can also lead to looseness, but frankly, these are all steel parts operating at roughly the same temperature all of the friggin' time, like all at the same temperature at any particular time. So. Differential thermal expansion, not an issue here either. Of course, I only went to university for six years to learn shit like this. It's hardly the same thing as standing on the other side of a counter in a service department and telling some mug punter that bolts just randomly come loose and, hey, what can you do? Pro tip, okay? You see that? Grounding an electrical connection like that under the thick washer. That's just unprofessional, you muppets. In my view, this chassis is broken in four places. There are four cracks, okay, because the dealership failed to tighten those bolts up to spec. Who knows if they were ever tighter than friggin' finger tight. Like, what else can it be? I did try to think of another mechanism that would lead to all 10 bolts 
being loose like that, guess what? It doesn't exist. Or if it does, I've never heard of it. And I spoke to Triple N about what he tows as well. He's got a trailer that does not exceed 1800 kilos. And that's only about half of the range's purported maximum three and a half ton tow capacity. So it's definitely not the trailer overloading the system. It's not Ford's chassis engineering, it's not ARB's tow bar. You are looking at the consequence of dodgy installation. High tensile bolted joints do not function as designed if the bolts are not tightened to the spec by some competent tradie using a torque wrench. It's that simple. When this happens, the parts move relative to each other, and the loads are not distributed evenly, and you're kind of looking at the result, right? You can only laugh at it if you don't own the car. If you own it, it's a frown 24-7, okay? This is a catastrophic failure too, just looking for a place to happen. I mean, imagine if those cracks just start to propagate a little more like that with a big heavy trailer connected. Like The thing that shits me about this, right, is the Triple N, he dropped $140,000 on AFD, asshole Ford dealer, and he did that three years ago. So that's in recent living memory. <laughs> And rather than just admit their error and make this right, and the cause of this, to me, okay, it's as obvious as the balls on a big black dog. AFD is doing everything it can to dodge this bullet. The ACCC sleep at the wheel again, of course, and plus they don't act for individuals. To Rod Sims, I'd say, if and when you do wake up, dude, at some distant point in the future, why not have a little look into AFD? I'll tell you their name, Rod, like I'll whisper it to you while you sleep. I'm not hopeful. They're not scheduled to awaken again before 2035, of course. And consumer affairs in each state, like ultimate toothless tiger, off friggin' course. Is Ford pressuring its dealer to do the right thing by a valued customer? You've got to be kidding tail wagging the dog there. I mean, Ford's happy with, it's not our problem because it's not a manufacturing defect. And you wonder why I do not recommend Ford. Like, I want to love Ranger. I really do. It looks good and it performs well when it's not pooping its trousers. Customer support, though, direct from Satan. Andrew Burkich, not Satan, Big Burke, is the latest revolving door type temporary boss of Ford Shitsville. Who knows, he might be here forever. Probably not. And to Big Burke, I would say, dude, they're flying your flag over there at AFD, and it seems to me they're disrespecting the mighty Blue Oval, which is kind of a neat trick, all things considered. Big Burke could I don't know, just pick up the phone and swear into it creatively. Give profane, but largely motivational soliloquy kind of thing. That's just a suggestion. That's how I'd play it if I woke up tomorrow cursed with that particular job. Because here's the thing, okay? A cracked chassis, it does sound terrible, doesn't it? Just like you've contracted a new kind of crotch rot for which there's no known cure. But in reality, it's... Pretty simple and not all that expensive fix. Like, 
you just drill out the head of each of those four cracks like you get a three or four millimeter drill and you find the pointy end of each crack and you just put a hole there to stop it propagating and propagating you grind bevels into the sides of the cracks, you clamp it all up back into place, and then you just do what's called a full penetration, yes, butt weld repair. Pornographic name, isn't it? Good as new, though, after that. Stronger, even, given that the weld filler material is typically about 80% stronger than average structural kinds of steels. You could even go the full tits on this and weld it up with low high, like uh, 7016 or 7018 rod, and the repair then is going to be like twice as strong as structural grade steel. Any competent boiler maker welder type could do this, like any. It's not that hard. It's a piece of piss, in fact, as structural repairs go. And this is actually something I know quite a bit about. So. As I see this, what we're really looking at here is a comprehensive failure of ethics, apart from anything else, because Triple M has a problem. You can see it, it exists, and the evidence screams that this tow bar was not fitted properly. This is like the smoking gun, it's like the knife with the blood all over it and your fingerprints on the hilt. It's that. It's captured on CCTV with a team of, I don't know, cardinals and the Pope as eyewitnesses. That might not be that helpful. Anyway, what I'm saying is we know whose friggin' fault it is on the balance of probability. It's not even close to properly being fitted, okay? In the domain of ethics, the dealer should just man up and fix the problem and cop the cost of welding it all together on the chin. Like, it's not even gonna be that expensive. It's also a commercial failure, I'd suggest, because if you don't care about ethics, you certainly care about the bottom line if you're a dealer, right? And this is a failure, A, because I doubt Triple N is ever going to drop six figures on another couple of Fords. Like, we did speak about that. And he's certainly going to do it elsewhere, not at AFD, not ever, not ever again. And over at AFD, can they afford to burn customers in this way? It staggers me that dealers do not take a long-term view on anything, right? They they just can't see beyond the end of the month. And B, there's a clear public interest case for you to be made aware of the potential consequences of doing business with a dealership like this or a brand like Ford in general, I'd suggest, because they are among the worst. Triple N even gets billed for the dealership allegedly checking and tightening, unquote, all the chassis and body bolts during each service. It's printed on the frigging invoice. Come on. And last time I looked, that tow bar is kind of bolted to the chassis, problematically. Therefore, it's probably well overdue for the service department at AFD to tighten up on the quality control there, not to mention the frigging loose bolts. Because, as I see it, the dealership has had two to three subsequent solid gold opportunities to identify their initial installation defect and rectify it before the chassis took a big steaming dump all over the reputation of their business. I am so gagging to name them. 
and they failed at this too. But they still build triple N for allegedly doing those bolt tightness checks. High tensile bolts simply do not come loose in service any more than water's going to flow uphill or the sun's going to set in the east tonight. It just doesn't happen, okay? And I implore Ford and AFD to seize this opportunity to break with tradition, to try doing the right thing for a change. Dudes, I'll even report it if you get off your asses and do so. <laughs>